welcome to the Proximity Podcast with Esty, where we talk about everything God and everything life. Join my dad as he shares his thoughts on God's will and purpose for our lives, and also gives some insights as to how we can live and experience the Christ-centered life in its fullest, in the way God designed for us to. I pray that you will truly see and experience the love and the grace that God has available for all who decide to put their trust in Him, hear His word, and follow Him. Be blessed as you listen. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Proximity Podcast, where we talk about everything God, everything life. I am Shagandaramola, a.k.a. SD, and I want to welcome you to another wonderful episode. Um, hope you're having a good time. Hope you're doing great. Um, over here, it's the summer season, and temperatures have been crazy hot, but, uh, you know, we still enjoy it regardless. So hope life is good. Um, if you've not had a chance to, to listen to my last episode, I, I'd encourage you to do so. It will help um, in, in really understanding um, what I'm about to talk about. But if you've not, it, it, it's all good. I think you can still benefit from from this episode. I just encourage you to, um, when you have the time, just go back and listen to that first episode. We, I, I talked about faith, just kind of, you know, give a, I won't say it's an overview, but just a different perspective of what faith really is and how we should see it in light of, in light of life and in light of the Christian faith. So today... I want to put an invitation before us, um, well, not my invitation. I want to put God's invitation before us. Um, but in order to do that, I wanted to have a discussion about how we view life, you know, how we view our daily life. You know, if you've, if you've spent years on this earth and you kind of sat back and um, just thought about how life is going, right? How would you sum it up? What would, how would you describe um, the interactions with people, with things, and, you know, you just having a life to kind of figure out, you know, and all of that stuff. So that, that's where I want to start. And um, I, to sum it up, I see, see the world as a marketplace. It's just this big, huge market. In whatever aspect you want to look at it, right? Whether it's your, you know, your physical life, whether it's your emotional, mental spiritual um life is it's a market and you know what do i mean by a market a market is a place where you you go to buy and sell so it's a a buyer comes into the space a seller comes into the space right a seller has a product a buyer has a need and then it's for the seller to convince the buyer or buyers that the product that he or she has is the one that gives the best value, you know, for what the ultimately to satisfy the buyer and also for the buyer to see that the satisfa- satisfaction that it's go- he or she's going to get, right, um, is worth the value that the buyer has to put on the table because in a marketplace, it's, it's an exchange. You know, it's all about an exchange. Somebody has a product, you have money to buy the product you have something to exchange for the product and then you know people come to agreement and and you you do the exchange so in almost every aspect of life if not all that's how life works and though 
and then going beyond that, when we start to look at value and the perception of value, you know, um, Apple puts a phone out there and, you know, they say, well, the iPhone is the best. You know, if you spend your thousand dollars here, you're going to get the best product. Samsung also does the same. They put a phone out there and they say, hey, you know, don't. Don't focus on the iPhone. The iPhone is really not that great. It's just a whole lot of, you know, flair. And come check out the Samsung, the Galaxy. Come check out the Note. It's better than the iPhone. They put the value there and they say, oh, you know, your $1,000 will get you something worth more than iPhone. And, you know, other phone manufacturers also come into the space. So Samsung, I'm um, sorry, LG, Motorola, Google, and all sorts of manufacturers. Everybody brings a product to the table and try to convince you that this is where you have to spend your money. If we take a look at cars as well, you know, all sorts of brands, all sorts of models, everybody's just telling you, hey, this is where you need to spend your money. So does our spiritual life work like that as well? Absolutely. Uh, because there's just, there's no, there's more than one um faith channel and what i mean by that is this there's more than one channel vying for your attention you know especially when it comes to the satisfaction of your soul of your spirit there's just there's more than one there's all sorts of dealers and influencers saying hey if you need spiritual satisfaction this is what you ought to be doing this is where you ought to come this is what you ought to get so same way it works in our spiritual life. And, you know, last, last week we talked about faith being a corresponding action towards a point of belief, which ultimately means that to get satisfaction to the, for the soul, you will need to move towards a point of belief. So there's, there's several belief systems out there, however you want to see it. Even the ones that um, tell you that they're not really faith, right? Because, you know, you, you come across a lot of people who tell you, they're not into religion, right? They're not into faith. You know, they're not into spirituality. They just live life however they want, as they see fit. That's, that's also a faith channel because there's nothing you do in this world that doesn't need faith, right? Even if you decide to live outside of the, um, the acknowledgement or, or the admission of a, a higher power, spiritual power, it's still faith for you because that's where you've decided to go. So... So with our spiritual lives as well, there's just a lot of options. Every, everyone and everything is vying for that. They want to be the thing that fills that spiritual space. And you know, the funny thing about it is God has no problem with that. And he also now comes into the market and brings his own product. Right. Hey, everybody's bringing a product. Let me bring my product. Right. This is my product. And this is what my product will give you if you, you know, if you decide to spend your value with me. So what does that mean? We're all left with a choice to make. We have a choice to make. And in order to make that choice, you're going to have to listen to what everybody has to offer. 
everybody and everything has a sales pitch. Right? So every everyone who desires or seeks to influence another will have to pitch a product. And so God also brings this product to the table and then he pitches that product. And what is that pitch? That's that that's the conversation um, that I like for us to have. And you know, going through scriptures, I think one of the best pitches that I've come across that embodies um, God's invitation is, is in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, I think the first two, three verses, that embodies everything that God wants us to understand about what he's offering us. You know, when you watch a commercial of, of a product, they, they not only kind of tell you what that product does, but a lot of times, most times, the commercial starts with helping you, uh, getting you to accept that there is a void without what they're about to pitch to you, right? Oh, there is a need that you have. This is what can fill it. So if you're going to Isaiah 55, just to, you know, get straight to it, what God is saying, he starts um, by saying, come all you who are thirsty. Come all you who are what? Who are thirsty. You have a thirst and I have what can quench that thirst. And so one of the temptations in figuring out a response is trying to figure out if this invitation is optional or God is definitive in his statement. Come all you who are thirsty. Leaves Leaves, leaves inter interpretation open to say that, well, everybody doesn't need God. Some people may be good. You know, I'm not thirsty. If, if, you, if you offer me water and I'm not thirsty, I'll tell you I'm not thirsty. Like If you say, no, I'm selling water to quench thirst, I'm like, well, I'm good. Thanks. You know, I don't need it right now. But when God says, come all you who are thirsty, it, it's not so much... Um, as an option on the table, it's for us to come to the acknowledgement. And maybe, maybe even before that, you would have to kind of make a self-assessment of your life where you are. And hopefully you don't come to the wrong conclusion because, yes, yeah, some people may do the analysis and say, hey, I, I'm not thirsty, I'm good. But life, life outside of God is not good. I say that because... The creator of life knows what life needs. So anything that, that you put in life that is not part of the recommended ingredients for soul satisfaction, that the manufacturer of the life has laid, laid down, then that thirst still remains. And we can find a whole lot of things to divert our attention and move our focus away from from really, really acknowledging the fact that the thirst is there. You know, we, we can get into a whole lot of stuff. Whether it's just, just living life free, without regard for restraint, without regard for God's righteous laws, whether it be sex, whether it be drugs, whether it be partying, whether, just whatever it is, just to, to give ourselves the, 
the impression that life is going good, all those things kind of mask the underlying problem, the underlying um, missing ingredient, right? We can do all of that, but um, it doesn't take away from the truth that if God is not in that life, that life is missing something and there is thirst in that life. So God, God starts his invitation by saying, come all you who are thirsty and then come to the waters. So he's not only telling you that there's a need, he's saying come to where that need can be satisfied. And, and I, I think a lot of times, even when we, we um, how can I put it? When we look for substitutes, substitutes to replace what God has recommended as a satisfaction for our soul, I don't think those substitutes really, really, in all honesty, um, kind of claim that they can satisfy. But it's about divergence, right? It's about shifting your focus from your real need to kind of perceived need, and then the substitute says, hey, I can feel this, right? It's like sex can never be satisfaction for the soul. But there can be a perceived, uh, um, how will I say, there can be a perceived sense that, hey, if, I'm, if, if I feel this tug in my heart, in my soul, that something is missing and it needs satisfaction, there can be some false sense of perception that sex is what can fill it or drugs is what can fill it or um, just living life, being loud, being lewd is what can fill it. But the problem still remains. God says, come and come to the waters, right? The manufacturer of the soul knows what the soul needs. And I think that's the question we all have to grapple with. Do we acknowledge the fact that God is the creator of human life? Because if we don't, then... None of these things make sense. If we don't, it doesn't make sense. But if we do, then we're better able to acknowledge and accept the fact that, hey, he made the product. He knows what the product needs. Right? Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And if you have no money, come by and eat. It becomes, you know, it starts to get a little confusing, but you kind of have to... Um, I want to open your spiritual eyes or ears. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, the right phrase to use, but you kind of have to not think about this naturally. When it says, you have no money, come by and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. You know, come come buy. You don't have money. Normally in, in a natural market, if you don't have money, you can't buy stuff, right? You, if you don't have something to exchange, you can't buy stuff. But God is saying, this water that satisfies satisfies the soul, come and buy it. But you don't need money to buy it. You don't need anything natural. You don't need, it's not, this exchange you're going to make, it's not a product of what you've qualified for in life, what you are, what, what you've become, um, what you've earned, whatever status, you know. There is exchange, but what you think you need is not what you, what you ultimately, right? what you ultimately are going to use to exchange for these waters. Um, 
you know, salvation is free, but that's that's in terms of the provision for it. But the acceptance of salvation comes at a cost, right? So that's what God is saying. Um, that you you come and and I'll let you know what you need to exchange for this thirst. Like this and if you read in verse two, it says, Why spend money on what is not bread? Why spend money on what is not bread? Why why um exchange why exchange your life? Why you know, why exchange the space in your soul that God wants to um inhabit? Why exchange it for something that ultimately doesn't benefit you on the long run? There's no eternal value in the things that we've we've put in our lives to replace God, right? There's no eternal value. But for one one reason or the other, we always seem to run after these things and go after these things and you know, just live by it and put it in our heart, thinking that that it will satisfy and we give up, you know, value. We we exchange the 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 the, the um we exchange our souls for a lot of these things, but it ends up not satisfying. Why? Why do you why do you have to spend money on what doesn't? What God is offering offers satisfaction. So so that 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 soul, that space in our lives that God wants to fill, you know, the our life is what we use to exchange. It, it's what we use for exchange. You know, God has made a way of salvation. And how do we access that salvation? That That's when you hear Christians say, well, I've given my life to Christ. Right? I've given my life to Christ. I've exchanged. I've, I've, I have put my value on the table and given it to God because of what he's offering me. Right? Life for life. Exchange. And and you really need to start thinking about your life that way because um, life is precious, and you have to be careful where you where you put your value. You have to be careful where you put your value. Um, what are you, what are you exchanging your life for? I, I always I don't know if you if you if you know I mean everybody. Actually, probably knows the scripture when God says, um, when the scripture says, um, I think Jesus said, "What does it profit a man if he if he gains the whole world but yet loses his soul?" Right. What Jesus is really saying is, um, the world is for your taking because there's nothing wrong in gaining the world, but there's everything wrong when you gaining the world comes at the expense. Of your soul, if if in your attempt to be whatever you're trying to be, if if in your attempt to to have whatever it is you're trying to have, you have to put lay your soul down on the table as an exchange, then that's problematic because there's nothing that we desire in this world that is of eternal value. So God is saying, hey, yeah, you 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 want the houses and the cars, you you want to be wealthy, fine, go ahead. That that's that's the mandate for you to live and have dominion, but. If it ever comes to a point you're at a negotiating table and what you need to exchange for what you're trying to get is it's your soul, then that's problematic. It will profit you in no way because the only thing that that is worth exchanging your soul for is the water that God has brought to the marketplace. I, I hope that makes sense. Um, 
Because it's an invitation that we all need to respond to. You know, a lot of people have said yes, and some people have said no. Some people are still trying to, you know, think about it. Um, but that's really what it means for, for you and I to come to a decision point and say, hey, this is where my faith is going to move me towards. God has put an invitation on the table, and um, I am going to accept it. Yeah, that, that that's that's all I have. Um, if if you're out there and you're still kind of on the fence about this Christian journey, this God conscious living, um, I I encourage you to to um, be I'll say deliberate about your thought process. Um, and hopefully in that process you you can um, see the true value of your life what it's worth you know for God to put all of himself on the table it means that this life that he's given us to live is really worth something and I hope you begin to treat life that way and I pray that at some point conviction will happen because it, it's some people may present it as easy giving your life to Christ it's it's not a natural decision if there's no conviction it just doesn't happen so so going to church every Sunday doesn't doesn't cut it Right at some point, something happens in the spirit of man, and man is able to acknowledge and understand that this life is missing something very essential. And my prayer is that that will happen for you, however it happens. I, I don't know how it happens. It it happened for me, and I know it's happened for other people. But it's it's not something that that is easily explained. Right, we know it's happened. Um, so. The prayer for, for those those of us who are still struggling is for God to make a way for that to happen. And I hope when that happens, when the opportunity for conviction happens, you will still not have a hard heart and you'll be willing and ready to accept that invitation from God. And um, it's, it's a decision you, you will not regret when you make it. And, um, and it's just you and God from that point. And it's nothing but, but the assurance of eternity and, and just God being around you. Um, no matter where you are, what you're going through in life or whatever you have to deal with. It's been, uh, it's been a pleasure um, talking to you guys. And I hope that um, um, you join me for the next episode. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Proximity Podcast with SD. I really hope you were blessed and inspired. I would like to encourage you to find a church community where the gospel is preached with integrity and without compromise. And more importantly, make it a daily commitment to set quality time aside to meditate on God's word and grow your prayer life. Until next time, see